Yeah, right. Okay. Uh, hey, it's Father's Day. And I didn't expect to be speaking today, but uh, I, I'm going to read, and you're going to pick out here, there's, there's a father in the bit that I'm going to read. So uh, I am quite, actually quite excited about this, despite the fact I wasn't going to be speaking in the first place. So I'm going to be reading from Judges. And you remember, uh, when I spoke a couple of weeks ago, I spoke about Gideon. Well, I, I'm following up on thoughts in the life of Gideon and the stuff that he got up to and the things that happened to him. And uh, I'm a bit unnerved by this in a way because after I did the last talk, I had somebody message me from Massachusetts, no less. Uh, And it wasn't Ashley either. It it was uh, Derek's son, Chris, who... And this will scare anyone who's speaking, listens to all the podcasts that we do. Wow. So, hi, Chris. <laughs> yeah, happy Father's Day when you hear this. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm going to read from Judges, uh, chapter 6, starting at verse 17. Gideon replied, uh, by the way, let, let's set the scene on this. Uh, he's been threshing in a wine press because he's scared of all these uh, marauders that are around. And an angel of God, who is actually kind of a, a God himself in a very special way, has come down and called Gideon a mighty man of God, a mighty warrior. And Gideon is kind of, what? What's all this about? And uh, let's, let's read on. So Gideon replied, if now I have found favor in your eyes, give me a sign that it is really you talking to me. Please do not go away until I come back and bring my offering and set it before you. And the Lord said, I will wait until you return. What a, what a cool God. How gracious is that? I'll wait. Yeah, I'll hang on for you. Gideon went in, prepared a young goat, and from an ephah of flour he made bread without yeast. Putting the meat in a basket and its broth in a pot, he brought them out, offered them to God under the oak. The angel of God said to him, Take the meat and the unleavened bread, place them on this rock, pour out the broth. Gideon did so. With the tip of the staff that was in his hand, the angel of the Lord touched the meat and the unleavened bread. Fire flared from the rock, consuming the meat and the bread. And the angel of the Lord disappeared. When Gideon realized that it was the angel of the Lord, he exclaimed, Ah, sovereign Lord, I've seen the angel of the Lord face to face. But the Lord said to him, Peace, do not be afraid, you're not going to die. So Gideon built an altar to the Lord there, called it the Lord is Peace. To this day it stands in Ophrah of the Aberezrites. That same night the Lord said to him, Take the second bull from your father's herd, the one seven years old. Tear down your father's altar to Baal. Cut down the Asherah pole beside it. Build a proper kind of altar beside it. To the Lord your God on top of this height, using the wood of the Asherah pole that you cut down, offer the second bull as a burnt offering. So Gideon took ten of his servants and did as the Lord told him. But... Because he was afraid of his family and the men of the town, he did it at night 
rather than the daytime. In the morning, when the men of the town got up, there was Baal's altar demolished with the Asherah pole beside it cut down, the second bull sacrificed on the newly built altar. And they asked each other, who did this? When they carefully investigated, they were told, Gideon, son of Joash, did it. The men of the town demanded of Joash, bring out your son. He must die because he's broken down Baal's altar and cut down the Asherah pole beside it. But Joash replied to the hostile crowd around him, are you going to plead Baal's cause? Are you trying to save him? Whoever fights for him shall be put to death by morning. So that, well, sorry. If Baal really is a god, he can defend himself when someone breaks down his altar. So that day they called Gideon Jerob Baal, saying, Let Baal contend with him, because he broke down Baal's altar. Okay. I'm just going to go down a bit quicker here. The Spirit of the Lord came about upon Gideon. He blew a trumpet, summoning people to follow him. And he sent messengers throughout the land. Gideon said to God, If you will save Israel by my hand as you've promised, look, I'm going to place a wool fleece on the threshing floor. If there's dew only on the fleece in the morning and all the ground is dry, I'll know you'll save Israel by my hand as you said. And that's what happened. Gideon got up early next day, squeezed the fleece and wrung out the dew, a bowl full of water. So that worked. Then Gideon said to God, Don't be angry with me. Let me make just one more request. Allow me one more test with the fleece. This time make the fleece dry and the ground covered with dew. That night God did so. Only the fleece was dry, all the ground was covered with dew. Long reading, but I wanted you to kind of hear the story. Um, Yeah, I'm going to start by talking about someone who isn't normally talked about, and that's Gideon's dad. I thought, you know what, Father's Day, let's talk about Gideon's dad. I had a real surprise yesterday because my son, Tom, sent me a Father's Day card. (laughs) Now, now, there are two miracles involved in this. One of them is that he remembered it was Father's Day and sent me a card. The other one is this, that it came by post. I didn't even know he knew how to put a stamp on an envelope. So I'm staggered. You know, I didn't even know he knew what an envelope was. You know, I was so unexpected. Uh, But, you know, I think that Joash here, Gideon's dad, this is an unexpected thing that's happened to him. Can, Can you imagine it? He gets up in the morning and the altar... And the big pole that he worships, they're smashed up. They're all over the place. In fact, the pole has been burnt, for goodness sake. And he's looking and he's, he's angry and he's upset. And, and they all say, who's done this? Who has done this? We're going to sort them out. And so I love the bit that says they made a careful investigation. I'll come back to that. I've come back to that because what's clear is that Gideon, who has done this, 
is nowhere to be seen, right? He's, he's legged it. He's, he's hiding out somewhere. So Joash, with all the rest, they're looking to find out who did this, where sort them out. And can you imagine what Joash thought and felt when he finds out that the person who's done it is his son, Gideon? I mean, what? I mean, that's, that's crazy. But Joash's reaction is amazing. Because the first thing he does, and bear in mind, he copes here with the totally unexpected. He, he never got, went to bed that night thinking in the morning all this will have happened. This crazy crowd, this mob would be outside baying for blood and then finding out that he was, it's his son they're going to be baying for blood for. And yet he kind of, whoa, collects himself together and he starts to face them down. And, and he says, he says, are you trying to plead Baal's cause? Are you trying to save him? Uh, you know, are you sticking up for this, this God? Huh? Let me tell you, anyone, basically what he says is this, anyone who touches my son, he's had it. He, he's, he's, I'm going to sort him. And not only that, you know, the idea of saying to them, well, look, if Baal's any good, can't he handle it? You know, if this God is a God, pick up for himself, can't he? So here's this man who is brave. He's facing them down. He's quick to react to the unexpected. And he's quick thinking, you know, with the bail bit, you know, who can, he can stick up for himself, can't he? And the way he talks to them, and the way he says, uh, let Baal contend with him, you know, you just leave it to Baal to sort it out. And uh, he shows immense leadership. So I, I, I looked at this and I thought, wow, this, this, this uh, Joash guy, he's cool. He's not bad, is he? And yet, why didn't God go to him? Why did he go to Gideon? Because I reckon, judging by how quickly Joash kind of turned there, that, that if the angel of God had turned up, to Joash and said who he was and did all that business, Joash, I reckon, judging by that, would have said, whoa, I'm, I'm with you. I'll, I'll, what, what do you want, God? And this is a man who can react to the unexpected, who's brave, who's quick thinking. He's a great leader. God doesn't go to him. God doesn't pick him. He doesn't pick the most obvious person to do this job. Because, you know, left to me, I'd have said, okay, Joash, whoa, easy man. You know, uh, I apparently have a problem about my size, as some people here will tell you. And uh, this morning, we were putting up a thing outside. What do you call that? Gazebo. That's the, that's the word. By the way, can I just say, Astrid, it's a bit of a cheek talking about someone who comes from Massachusetts when you come from New Zealand. Just, just <laughs> want to point that out, you know, in terms of distance and all that stuff. You know, 
you're forgetting your roots, you know. <laughs> you can't fool us. Okay, yeah. Anyway, I had a slight problem reaching things. Even Astrid had to get a chair. You know, if, if Richard had been there, he would have just, he should, you're the man for the job. You know, we had Becca, but she's not quite, you know, she's all right. But, you know, but it's so amazing because God does not pick the obvious person for the job. You see, God picks you to do stuff because he wants you to do it. Not because he thinks you are the best person, the most obvious person. Because, you see, once you've got God with you, you can do it. If he wants you to do it, you can do it. And sometimes you're probably thinking, why have I been stuck with this? Why am I doing this? Why does God want me to do this? I can't do this. And, And that's kind of how Gideon was, first of all. When the angel comes to him and says, you're a mighty warrior, first thing Gideon's saying is, hey, you got the wrong guy. I am not that person. And I can imagine in one sense, God could have turned around and said, I know you're not. I know you're not the obvious person. I could have picked your dad. He's, you know, he's got it all. But I picked you, Gideon. You are the one. You know, be ready, guys. Always be ready to be used by God. Because I can tell you this, God wants to use every single one of you. In one way or another, he wants to use every single one of you. And some of you don't even know it yet. You don't even know what God's got in store for you. But he has. He's got amazing things that you could never imagine doing. And you probably feel at the moment, I am not qualified. Well, let me tell you, if God makes you qualified you are qualified that's it he knows who he wants to pick so I don't know what you're like when you are out of your comfort zone because Gideon felt out of his comfort zone I, I, I can remember when something really unexpected happened I'm going to go back now to our honeymoon now I know you won't believe this when you look at my gorgeous wife but it was over 40 years ago, but, you know, you would never know. You're supposed, that's what I said was good there, remember that, okay? <laughs> I, 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 yeah, hey, I'm saving it up for later, don't worry. Yeah. Well, for our honeymoon, we decided to go to this, this little island called Sark, which is in the Channel Islands. Um, it was even more kind of remote then than, than it is now. It's a tiny little place, about one and a half miles long or something like that. And uh, you get there by boat. Now, in the old days, there wasn't a, a, a launch that went all the time. And we caught on a Monday morning, because we couldn't even go during, during the weekend, we caught this launch, which wasn't very big, and it took us to this little harbour. And at the harbour, there's a big hill that goes up. Now, Sark is a weird place. There are no cars on Sark. Right? You're not allowed to have a car on Sark. There are no cars. But there are tractors that the farmers can use. And they, those tractors often have a trailer on the back. And so um, what they do... These days, they've got a little kind of ferry thing that takes you up and uh, you have to pay. But in those days, out of the goodness of their hearts, 
these guys would come down and collect any visitors to the island. You'd get on the back of this uh, trailer and you'd go up the hill and you'd be dropped off and you'd go to wherever you were going. So we put our stuff on the back of the trailer. We climbed up. There was one other lady there with us and it was just us. We go up with our cases to the top of the hill. We get off and the guy goes off with our cases. We haven't said a word to this guy. We have no idea who he is. We've never seen him before. He's never seen us before. And he's just gone off with our luggage. And he's disappeared into the distance. And I'm thinking, this hasn't happened to me before. I'm a bit worried about this. Because all we've got is what we're standing up in. Literally what we're standing up in. So we start walking the whole length of the island to get to the place where we're staying. And when we get there, it's a curious place. I feel kind of really, it's like another world, you know. And there was this, and I'm not making this up. You came to this little kind of farmyardy bit that had animals running all over the place and chickens. I mean, I come from the St. Helier estate. This thing doesn't happen to me. There, there, there was, I think it was a dog with only three legs running along. And I was thinking... This is so weird. And we couldn't even see a door that looked like an obvious front door. You know, I was thinking, what are we going to do? We've got nothing here. We don't, we're miles from anywhere. Um, this is the days before, you know, phone, mobile phones or anything like that. I mean, we don't, 40 years ago, we only just got the telephone. I mean, you know, it was, it was I might be exaggerating there. Uh, but we then see this door, and so I thought, well, okay, knock on the door, open the door, and there, inside this house, are our cases. And this is the place where we're going to be staying. Well, round the back. I mean, this is seriously weird. I mean, you're then taken round the back to a kind of shed at the back of the place. But... Uh, yeah, I was so out of my comfort zone. Because Elaine will tell you, I like to know where I am. I like to know what I'm doing. I like it kind of boom, 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 boom. I, I get a bit... You know, uh, there's, a, there's a book called uh, The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. And, and, and the, on the back it says the best thing about The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy is the thing that it says, which is don't panic. I am a natural panicker. You know, that's me. That's what I do. Um, I think Gideon, Gideon was that kind of person as well. And this is the mighty warrior of, of Gideon. So the first thing he says when all this has happened is, can I have a, can you, can you give me a sign to show me that you are who you are, please? Um, and would you just hang on there? while I go, and, uh, I go and get it ready. So the angel of the Lord, in you know, an amazing grace, says, yeah, I'll, I'll wait for you. So he goes and does whatever, gets everything ready, comes out, and then this amazing thing happens, like this rock. Now, I don't know. I'm, I've seen rocks before. But I've never seen one that kind of burst into flame and could burn up. I mean, I'm good at burning up food. Yeah, I can do that. 
and we're having a barbecue later, and I'll be able to prove it to you. But, but God just goes whoosh, and this rock kind of explodes into flame. Now, you would have thought, having seen that, that Gideon would think, whoa, I've seen it all now. This is God. I mean, and he realizes that. He says, I've seen, I've seen the angel of the Lord. Wow. So you would have thought he'd be ready for absolutely everything. And at first, he is. Because now, the man, the man who was threshing wheat in, in the, who was, you know, is in the wine press, okay, who is down there hiding away, is now blowing a trumpet. The Spirit of the Lord comes on him and he blows a trumpet. This is, this is kind of different, isn't it? Now, he's not hiding anymore. In fact, he's making this huge noise and he's sending out messengers to bring in people to take on the Midianites and the Amalekites and all the rest of the kites. He's doing, he's doing this now. But after he's done it, he has this kind of Mm, you know what? I'm not too sure about this anymore. Uh, God, I just want... Do you, do you think it'd be all right if I give you... A, you give me another sign. So he gets this fleece, this kind of... I suppose it's a sheep's thing or a goat's thing or whatever. And um, he says, I'm going to lay it down. And if it's all wet in the morning and everything else is dry around it, I'll know that what you've asked me to do, I can do. Okay. Now, this is despite him getting this amazing sign before. So, he does it, he puts it down, and God goes through with this. In the morning, it is so ringing wet and everything else is dry around it. He can get a whole bowl of water out of it by squeezing it. Oh, yeah, that's pretty good. But Gideon's still not too sure about this. And, and, and he asks for another sign. He says, and, and what I like about this is, is he says, um, I, please don't be angry with me, God. And this is a guy who is kind of quite timid, quite worried, not sure of himself, all over the place. He says, now this time, I'm going to lay, if I lay the fleece down, could it be dry and everything else soaking wet around it? And so I like, I like the casual bit that it says in the Bible, that night God did so. Just like that. Yeah. That night God did it. You know? And in the morning... The fleece was dry. All the ground was covered with dew. Yeah, what I like about Gideon is he's so like me. He doubts himself. He doubts what's going on. Despite all the things that come, I don't know about you, but you hear these talks every week, don't you? And you think, that's good. I like that. Trouble is, Monday comes, doesn't it? You know what I mean? Monday comes, and by the time Monday comes... All that kind of good stuff that you were feeling begins to kind of rock a little bit, or it can do. I think that's where we need each other, by the way, because we need each other. We need our prayers, and we just need the odd word or two during the 
the week, don't we? Because it's so easy, despite seeing what God can do, to then think, oh, but I don't know. I'm not really sure. Because the other thing I was going to say was, don't forget that after he'd had that all bells and whistles sign earlier on where the rock went into flame, um, when God asked him to do something, to take down that altar, to, to burn that pole, he, he said, it says, because he was afraid, because he was afraid, he did it at night. I'm somebody who I, I, I can be afraid of all sorts of things. I don't know about you. I have lots of fears and things I'm not sure of. Um, I, I will confess that uh, a number of years ago I, I had a, a breakdown. Yeah, I'm just sharing that with you. It was anxiety. It was pressure at work. It was all sorts of stuff. I'm a person who can have all sorts of fears and, and worries and and concerns. And so when I see Gideon, I see somebody who could have all of that and be used by God. God didn't pick Joash, the man who didn't seem to have any fears. He didn't pick Joash, the man who could handle the unexpected and the, and the different, as he, as he showed there. He picked Gideon, who found it hard to come to terms with the unexpected, who had doubts who worried, who was afraid, who did things in the dark. You know, I'm like that. Yeah, I'll do it, God, but you know, can I do it this way so it's not so difficult? And you know what's gracious about God, guys? He lets you do it sometimes, doesn't he? Isn't that amazing? He lets you do it that way. I think that's incredible that our God knows and loves us so much that he knows our weaknesses and he knows the things that we get wrong and he knows what we're afraid of. And sometimes he says, do you know what? Okay, you do it like that. And we know that in the morning, as I said before, Gideon is nowhere to be found. And he's not fessing up to anything. You know, they have to do this careful investigation before they can find out it's Gideon. He's, he's really lying low. This is not some brave guy, like his dad, standing up and saying, yeah, come on then. Because that's basically what Josh is. He's like, come on, bring it on, I don't care. Gideon, he's hiding. I don't know where he's hiding. Uh, you know, up in his bedroom or, you know, in the kitchen, down in the greenhouse. I don't know. He's somewhere, but he's not where, he's not up front. So... I, I feel that with Gideon. I feel that. Sometimes I, I, I don't want to be out front. I, I don't want to be in that place. But God, in his grace and his love, he still uses me and he uses you. He, he wants you, okay? That's who he wants, you. Not, not you with a thousand degrees or exam results not you because you're strong and you know you're you know I wouldn't have an arm wrestle with Phil because it it, it it just slaughter me you know what I mean but do you know what if God told me and said do you know what have an arm wrestle with Phil I'll help you win I might after a couple of signs or so 
you know, I might put down my sweatshirt and say, well, God, you know, if there's, I want water on that in the morning, you know, whatever. Uh, or, or even better, here's a miracle sign. If Fulham could win the... <laughs> if Fulham could win anything... <laughs> you know, let's, let's be realistic about this. But, you know, God doesn't choose us for our achievements. He chooses us for what he can achieve with us. Okay? It's not what we've done he would use us for what we can do, and he can help us to do that. He is a gracious, wonderful God. And, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to finish with this, and it's pretty early, but, you know, there you go. Who cares? This is the message and the one I want to, to give you. What this all proves is that the God that we serve is a loving compassionate Father who knows that we're fragile and weak and yet he still hears our, our faulty, not always that great prayers. He, he sees our messing up lives where we don't get things right and he just wants to, he wants to be with us, use us. He wants to put his arms around us he wants to father us. And on a Father's Day, this is the Father that we all have. And uh, do you know what? As Gideon emerges into this ministry, and, and in my next talk that I do about Gideon, we're going to see Gideon doing astonishing things. And yet this man, full of the Holy Spirit, has lots of doubts, lots of weaknesses, Lots of failings, but God is going to use him in an incredible way. And what I want to say to you, and take this, God loves you, cares about you, knows everything about you. So when you turn around and say, I'm like this, God. You can't use me. God says, I know what you're like. I know everything about you. I know more about you than you know about you. And I'm telling you, I can use you. I will use you, and you are all mighty warriors. There you go. Father God, thank you. Thank you for your love, for your compassion, for, for all that you are to us as a father. Thank you that despite our weaknesses, despite the stuff we do wrong, you still care for us. You give us other chances, and you use us. You are an amazing Father. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.